Hey, Camp Kids. Welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. Nemo joins us on the podcast today, sharing her experience working at Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa. Nemo grew up in the Girl Scouts, loving camping with her family and her troop. And through an accidental volunteer opportunity, Nemo found that she had a passion for working with kids and in the outdoors. Nemo worked for two summers with Camp Sacagawea and now works for the AmeriCorps in northern Minnesota. So without further ado, let's meet Nemo. Nemo, welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Can you tell us who you are and where you're speaking to us from today? Hello, I'm Nemo. I'm from Camp Sacagawea, but I didn't have a good time until I actually started going back to work for camp. And then I just really fell in love with it and how excited people can get about it. So I worked at Camp Sacagawea for two years, first as a counselor and second as the arts and craft director. Did you attend Camp Sacagawea as a camper or did you go to other camps with other organizations? Troop would always go in the winter and we would rent out like Rainbow Lodge and we'd have sleepovers there and stuff. (gasps) Oh my goodness. So you grew up as like a full-fledged Girl Scout as well. Oh yeah, I was a Girl Scout for all 12 years. I'm still technically a Girl Scout now. I have a lifetime membership. That's wonderful. Oh my goodness. You're a gold award recipient. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your service and congratulations for our listeners who don't know. Gold award is the highest award that you can receive in the Girl Scouts. It's the direct equivalent to the Eagle Scout award through the Scouting BSA organization. So that's an incredible feat. You're a lifer then. Earlier years, I was like 10 or 12 the last time I went. So I never got to do anything like CITs, Gold Award, the Silver Awards. Those were mostly things I did with my troop. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So then what inspired you to become a staff member then? What helped you with that transition? It was mostly on accident. My sister signed up to be a counselor at a day camp sick for the whole week that she volunteered. And so I had to take over and I ended up really liking it because the kids were a lot of fun to hang out with. They were really excited to be out in the woods and learning how to canoe and stuff. And then I ended up needing a job and I said, well, uh, I've learned now that I kind of like working with kids. Any of the Girl Scout camps need a staff, local Girl Scouts. I don't remember who specifically put it on, but it was just a week long thing at local Isaac Walton League. Like led by like the service unit and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I now work for the Kansas City Girl Scout Council. We do not have resident camps. We have day camps. But they're like Mm -hmm. full-fledged facilities. Like beautiful facilities that cool. all of the service unit day camps. Like each service unit in the area like takes a week or so. And they rent out the facility. And they have adventure staff, which is what I am to Mm -hmm. do the programming like for the ropes and the archery and the swimming and the canoeing and stuff and so it's very interesting to hear about other councils how they do it you were a staff member and now I ran into you at Camp Sacagawea in 2021 was that your first year on staff yep that was my first year so then last summer then you were the arts and crafts director then yep yeah tell us a little bit about that because from well, I know that position hasn't been filled every year that I've gone up to Camp Sacagawea. It's only been certain years. So tell us a little bit about that position. 
Yeah, so that's a position that, from my understanding as well, it's not like every year you have an arts and crafts director in 2021, we didn't have one. A lot of what I would do is I would just plan the arts and crafts stuff that every session would do because every session of campers, they're promised you get to go in and you make get to make an arts and a craft thing. And so to sort of help take a little bit of the planning load off of the shoulders of the unit leaders, I would plan out crafts for all the sessions and help lead them and teach some new skills. We did some lino cut printing. We did some clay stuff because everybody likes clay stuff. We made little uh, boats out of popsicle sticks, things like that. Oh, wow. That's adorable. And I mean, what a great craft area too that Camp Sacagawea has. I mean, you have everything under the sun. You can get so creative. And I'm so glad to hear that that became a position again, because yes, you're right. It is a lot to put on the unit leaders to be like, and these girls were promised at least two crafts and you've got to plan it all now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) because if the Girl Scouts are good at anything, make a lot of promises when you sign up for camp. So it's Mm -hmm. It's definitely a lot of planning. So that's awesome. Do you mind sharing with our listeners what your camp name is and the story behind your camp name? Yeah, my camp name is Nemo, like the fish. Also like the character from the Jules Verne novel, 20,000 Leagues Under the Seas, but no one really picks up on that one. I made the classic blunder of saying, ah, maybe my name will be Nemo. And what I've found is that as soon as you say, maybe my name will be this, that's your name now. I chose it because I have a no fingers on my left hand. That was fun for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And here in a few years, I'm sure they will come back and they'll be like, yep. And Dory's here because of Nemo. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that you were a unit counselor and arts and crafts person, but I also know you were a ropes facilitator as well too. Do you continue to do ropes last year or did you get any other programming or training as well? I didn't do a whole lot with it because I was usually in the crafts room, but I was certified. And so I got to go hang out out there a couple of times. What is your favorite element to run? Oh, rappel. Rappel is so much fun. I love rappel, but man, I don't know about your setup, but ours is like huge it takes <laughs> it takes a while to get all set up makes you feel well, like a super spy or a spider-man absolutely so we've got two sides of our rappel wall we have a flat side where you just walk it down and then there's a cut side so you walk down for a part of it and then it makes like a a point and so then you're just kind of in the air for the rest of the ride down. oh yeah <laughs> last weekend getting ropes trained was not prepared for that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm flying. Like, (laughs) this is incredible. (laughs) So yeah, you do feel like you have wings when you're on the rappel side. That's pretty cool. So my next question for you is, what made you love camp so much? What kept you coming back? I really liked getting to spend so much time outside, but it's also just the people that you meet, really. I really liked to hang out with all of the counselors and to see how excited they were about things. And I really liked to hang out with the kids. They're very funny creatures, kids are. I like all the traditions that people have. I like the stories that we make. I like how it's never boring. Yeah, there's never a dull moment at camp. (laughs) And there's no technology either, (laughs) believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Well, who were some people that inspired you along your camp journey and what did they do to do that? Some of the junior counselors like Rapids and Solar and just how excited they were to be there really inspired me. Some of the 
older counselors as well that came back. There was a counselor named Pepper who came back to help us on the Boundary Waters trip. And I love to hear all of her stories about where she went after camp and all the other camp activities she had done over the years. And just sort of how excited they all got about it. Did you end up going to Boundary Waters too? Oh yeah, I went (gasps) up to the Boundary Waters. We went up with six kids and three counselors for each group. And there were two groups, so 12 kids total. We spent a week of five days, four nights out there. And I love that the Camp Sacagawea does that like year after year. It's one of my favorite things about Camp Sacagawea is the trek and travel adventures that they go on. I got to go on the Yellow River backpacking trip last year. That was also cool. I had never actually been out to Yellow River before. It was such a beautiful place and it was so exciting to be able to get to introduce the kids to backpacking like that. One of the kids, I think, kissed a frog. So that was a fun adventure to hear about (laughs) afterwards. Oh my gosh, that is fun. Where is the Yellow River, if you don't mind me asking? Yellow River State Forest is up in the northeast part of Iowa. It's part of the Driftless Land Formation, which is also throughout southern Wisconsin. So then you mentioned you did some backpacking then along that trip. Do you like to go backpacking? Do you go often? What is kind of your experience with that? I don't go backpacking very often. I prefer the Boundary Water style of canoe trip a lot more leisurely, I guess. But I've gone backpacking before over in the West Hills, which is on the completely other side of Iowa. And it's a cool geologic formation that's only found in Iowa and in China. It's a certain sediment load that makes these really cool sand dune-like hills and Girl Scouts used to have a camp over there, actually, so we would go backpacking out there. I know about the Great Sand Dunes in Colorado, but I didn't know that there were similar formations. Definitely affected the rest of my life after camp. I applied to a job up here in Duluth that I wasn't sure that I was going to get or that I was going to be a good fit for, but I said, I can give it my best to go, and I'll jump right in. I'll see what I can learn. And it's given me a lot of opportunities, I think. Yeah. Wow. I would say so. I mean, the Girl Scouts are known for building courage, confidence, and character. So oh, yeah, <laughs> you definitely got that. I would love to hear your funniest camp story. There are many, many, many. But for me, there is one specific one that I'm pretty sure I'm like legally required to tell. <laughs> and it is the story of the hat coronation. Yes. Um, every so often at meal times, my co-counselor Tink would decide no one's being festive enough. And so she would go get hats and things from the costume closet and then just give them out to the counselors and make them wear them. And there was this one that I liked. It was a leopard print fedora. And one time at dinner, she didn't give me the leopard print fedora because I was already wearing a baseball hat. And I said, this can't be right. There's no way. And I saw another counselor, Snails, had the fedora. And I said, well, I'm just going to go take it back. I can have two hats. I deserve two hats. (laughs) And I went over and I grabbed the fedora. I went back and I had two hats and I was very cool. Then I found out that the CITs had already been making me some extra paper towel hats, like from the napkins. And so I said, all right, you child sitting at my table, go get me that hat that they made for me. And so now I had three hats. 
and then they made me more. And I said, child, go get me those hats again. <laughs> and then I had, I think, up to 12 hats. Two of the 10 of them were made out of napkins. The power went to my head a little bit. And so I sent my children out to get all the hats from all the counselors in the room. And they all came back to me. I had a whole stack of hats and everyone in the room was chanting my name. And I was crowned king of hats. And then the CITs wrote a song about it. And then for the rest of the summer, I had children following me around singing that song about how I was crowned king of hats. <laughs> it was truly an experience. Fun fact, a very similar thing happened the next year, completely unintentionally. I made a paper mache crown because I was testing out a craft idea. And I made it out of trash. And so I brought it to dinner and I said, I am the king of trash. And then I got other people also involved. Larry became the king of recycling or the recycle king. And we declared war on the pizza kingdom. And I made them my knights of the round table. And then they made another song about me to the exact same <laughs> tune as the original <laughs> one. <laughs> so that's my legacy. And I'm proud of it. Oh, wow. And I'm sure your legacy is going to live on for a very, very, very long time. That's awesome. I think I remember hearing the first song, but I don't remember how it went. Do you remember the words or how the, it, that song went? Yeah, I do. It was to the tune of If I Weren't a Girl Scout. And went, uh, it was like, oh, if I were a counselor, I wonder who I'd be. Oh, if I were a counselor and Nemo, I would be. Put on a hat. Put on a hat. I am the hat god. Put on a hat. Put on a hat. I am the hat god. That was Knotts, I believe, who came up with that. And I am forever grateful. Oh, my goodness. That's right. I think when I went, the CITs did like a whole skit, right? And they yeah. did like all different counselors. But you were like the first. There was like, you were the first one. It always came back to you. Like, Yeah. <laughs> goodness. Thank you for sharing those stories. Those were awesome. When I think about my camp experience... Never did I think I would blank. I don't know. I didn't really go into it with much of an expectation. I, like I said, it, I didn't go to camp very often. So I didn't really have a clear idea of we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. So I just kind of went in to see what would happen. I don't think I ever thought that I would make as big of an impact, I guess. I don't have a lot of experience working with kids. And it was really cool to see that... I could connect with them like that. And you definitely made a huge impact. I remember even just seeing those kids, they were attached at your hip. They were, just, <laughs> they wanted to know everything about you and be around you. Well, my next question is, I know you've mentioned it a little bit already on the podcast, but what do you do now out in the real world? Right now, I'm touring the Midwest, I guess, with a variety of AmeriCorps positions. Right now, I'm working with a group up here in the St. Louis River Estuary. Uh, which is one of the largest tributaries to Lake Superior, find some volunteers to come out and do some stewardship work and deal with some of the invasive buckthorn and maybe do some plantings and just sort of get out there and see what's going on. I've done some conservation core work as well. On the episode you talked with Flickr, she talked a little bit about her roving conservation experience. It was very similar to that. Got to camp around the state doing a variety of stewardship activities, like a lot of buckthorn removal and prairie seeding and that sort of thing. And wow. it's been a really cool experience. That's awesome. I'm not very familiar with the AmeriCorps or anything like that. How long have you been involved with them? 
I just got involved last fall, actually. It's a really cool program that sends people all over the country to do service work and help out. I've met a fair number of people with the AmeriCorps crew that are or were Girl Scout. If you are currently a Girl Scout and you're looking for things to do, maybe during the gap year or after college, you might enjoy working with AmeriCorps. Oh, that does sound really nice. And it sounds like, too, you'll get to see a lot of the country as well. You won't be necessarily... Mm -hmm same place your entire time. Thank you for sharing about that. Well, if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? How goofy you get to be, you know? I don't think that there's many other jobs where you can just start singing the song and have everybody join in with you. And I know that's a really common thing people have said, but it's just so true. Someone once told me at camp that your camp self is your real self because there's no real pressure to be anything else and that's something that I think is real special about it yeah I would definitely agree to that thank you for sharing my next heavy heading question is if you could change one thing about your camp experience what would it be maybe I would have tried to take more naps (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) When it gets really hot, I get really tired. Sometimes I feel like I'm not at my best. And so if I had taken more naps, I feel like I would have had more fun. (laughs) (laughs) I was just not expecting that whatsoever. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And it's so true. As camp counselors already are on a lack of sleep and you just need a nap sometimes. That reminds me of my last stint when I was up there with you guys. When I was hanging out with the CITs, we did sing a little song from the Aristocats, but we changed it to everybody wants to take a nap. And then we did oh, some snoring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So anybody listening who is going into camp this summer, remember to take your naps. That was good. That was awesome. Well, I'm going to go into my final quick questions here that are very lighthearted and just kind of talking about the favorites and the more sentimental side of camp. What is your favorite camp song? I like the song about the bear. I've I've heard it called the bear in tennis shoes because in some versions, the bear is wearing tennis shoes, but I don't do it. So I just call it the bear song. (gasps) I don't know a song about a bear wearing tennis shoes. I don't know if I've heard that. The other day I met a bear, a big old bear, away out there. He looked at me, I looked at him. He sized up me, I sized up him. He said to me, why don't you run? I see you don't have any gun. And so I ran away from there. But right behind me was that bear ahead of me. I saw a tree, a great big tree. Oh, glory be. The lowest branch was 10 feet up. I'd have to jump and trust my luck. And so I jumped into the air, but I missed that branch on the way up there. Now don't you fret and don't you frown, because I caught that branch on the way back down. That's all there is. There is no more, unless I see that bear once more. So it'd be something like that. But where are the tennis shoes? See, that's the thing I've never understood. I think it's, it's, 
in some versions of the song, because you know how camp songs, there's always like 10,000 versions and unique to each camp. Right. I think in some versions of the song, there's some verse about the bear having tennis shoes, but I've never heard it. <laughs> We're now on a search. So if you know any information about a bear wearing tennis shoes <laughs> in a camp song, we need to know. <laughs> because it sounds like it would be a great addition into the bear song. I love that song. I read it as a song tale to my kindergartners and first graders in music class. Because I have like a book and everything with it too. So oh, cool, yeah. My next question is, what is your favorite camp meal? This isn't a meal technically, but I like the dream brownies. Uh, because they're like three desserts in one. That's the one where it's like brownies, and then on top you have peanut butter, and then on top you have Rice Krispies or something like that. What? (laughs) It's so good. Wow. That sounds amazing. And I don't know if I had that when I was out at Camp Sacagawea. I'll have to find a recipe. They don't make it all the time because it's like majorly time consuming and also a huge pain to clean up after because it's so sticky but yeah. it's so good <laughs> my favorite type of brownie i don't know it by any other name i just know it by the person who makes it and they're called ann's brownies you need two boxes of brownie mix and you need hershey bars so you put in one box of brownie mix then on top of it you put hershey bars like a layer and then you put in mm-hmm. another mix of brownie mix oh man it's amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> So good, but man, it's huge, and I mean, a lot of sugar. (laughs) Yeah, I will have to look up dream brownies. That'd be delicious. My next question is: What is your favorite camp tradition? I like the bonfires to start and end the week. I think that, well, first of all, fires are always fun, no matter the context, and it's also really cool to get together with everyone and sing your songs and tell stories and at the beginning of the week the counselors all do skits and it's a lot of fun and at the end of the week the kids all make their own skits and you get to hear about what they've been up to through their own eyes and what was exciting to them I like the songs and I like being with everybody and I like as the sun slowly goes down and you can hear all the animals start to come out and the fireflies it's real neat it is. Oh, I agree. And I love the shift, as you mentioned, from it's counselor-led at the beginning of the week and we change it to girl-led at the mm-hmm. end of the week. It's so nice. And I've been to quite a few ending campfire ceremonies and beginning campfire ceremonies at Sacagawea. And I have to say, now that they've built the stage and added the twinkle lights and have the seating, it makes it just like a fairy tale. I love that they've done that. And it's just, it's marvelous. Well, I'm wanting this podcast to go on for a really long time. So I'm asking all of my guests, who should I interview next? You know, it would be cool to talk to Pepper. You know who might be really cool is if you talked to Knots, because I know they're going back this summer. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'll call out again for our listeners on the podcast. If you have Pepper's contact information, send that our way. That would be awesome. And I will get definitely get with knots as well. What do you miss the most from camp? Hanging out with friends all the time, I guess. I Obviously, I have friends up here, but it's a much different experience than like constantly being around like so many people and you're all working towards the same thing and you're all 
being goofy together and singing songs, just sort of the amount of time you have to get to know each other is really nice. Yeah, I agree. I saw something that you need like 250 hours or something with someone to like be considered a friend of someone. And Mm -hmm. you meet that in like a few weeks. (laughs) If people want to find you or contact you, how can they do that? I have an Instagram. It's mud critter. I don't check it very often. So if you send me a message on there, you might have to be patient for a little bit, but I don't really have much other than that. There's a comic that I make, which is linked on my Instagram bio, I think. So if people want to check that out, they can, but that's about it. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that. I mean, you are like an incredible artist and drawer and everything. So yeah, definitely take the time. Check out your Instagram. You are very talented. Well, thank you. Awesome. Well, Nemo, thank you so, so, so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah, it was, doing this. It was cool to talk to you again. All right, Camp Kids, that was Nemo. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Let's keep this Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are a part of this camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating, so that others can also find this podcast. We actually have a bonus episode coming out this week where we're going to meet a friend who runs a non-for-profit camp in Kansas City. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.